Cool 97 Radio. Singles live on the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM. Before we go into our talk segment, the Minister of Agriculture and Fisheries, Minister of Tourism, Rada, and the Minister of Culture, Gender, Entertainment, and Sports present their Agritourism Business Symposium this Friday, February 25. Head to Seville Heritage Park, Priory St. Anne, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. for a day of fun, prizes, and surprises. COVID-19 protocols will be observed. This event is sponsored by the Heart Trust NTA. Island Dairies Limited, the Tourism Enhancement Fund, Jamaica Vacations, Jamaica National Heritage Trust, Trucker Caribbean, H&L Agro, and more. And of course, this talk segment is sponsored by our friends at Savvy Boutique for the trendy work professionals that work and play. They stock clothing for women and children from all the brands you know and love. Calvin Kind, Victoria's Secrets, Hotchkotch, M. K and so much more. That's Savvy Boutique, and you can call them at 876-323-2836. Remember, they are located at One Friendly Avenue, Maypen, Clarendon, right behind NCB, and they do island-wide delivery. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about your heart health. Dre says he'll be talking about matters of the heart, and that is so absolutely true, but we're not going to be talking about the emotional aspect. We'll be talking about the physical aspect, your heart. And I have with me tonight, online, two individuals, wonderful individuals, I must say. We're talking about the core wellness team because I'm going to call them a team of Dr. Edwin Tuller-Reed and also Catherine Smith Tuller-Reed. Both of them will be with us tonight. Let me give you a little preview of Dr. Edwin Tuller-Reed. And he is a consultant cardiologist with more than 20 years experience in the Caribbean, the U.S., Canada. Yes, um, he has a, a consultative practice at Andrews Memorial right here in Kingston, Jamaica. And also, he is one of those individuals, as I said before, with more than 30 years of medical practice, most of which he has dedicated to provide patient-centered care as a cardiologist. And uh, so that is Dr. Edwin Tullerid for you. Catherine Smith Tullerid, and she works as a professional, and she works uh, with senior professionals, and she tailors healthy lifestyle and wellness practices goals. And um, what she does, she focuses on the mindset and also behavioral changes in terms of her training and her coaching programs and let me tell you they have a repertoire we could take half an hour to introduce them but Mm -hmm. let's not waste any time let's get into the meat of the conversation let me welcome both uh, dr edwin tolerid and mrs 
Catherine Tullerid to Kuh 97 FM. Are you both there? Yes, we are. Ah, thank you. Good evening. Good evening to both of you. I am truly blessed to have you on our program. Thank you so much for taking time out to have this conversation with us. I know that both of you have very, very busy schedules, so uh, we really appreciate. I'm going to start um, with you, um, Doc. How are you? Well, I'm well, thank you. Yes. And how are you? We are absolutely well, and we're hoping that tonight we will walk away with some very, very um, informative, some usable information from both of you. Um, But let me just get right into some of the the, the concerns that we have as individuals, especially here in Jamaica. And well, I would say in the diaspora, because we have quite a number of listeners who are logged in on our MixLR website who are listening from within the Caribbean, in the United States, Canada, of course, very popular um, um, area for us, and as far as the UK. So we want to welcome all our friends joining us via the World Wide Web, Shea 48, Ian and look good Laverne, Tanya, all of you, so many of you tonight. We want to say thank you so much for joining us. And for those persons who are listening via the radio right here on this beautiful island, let's get this conversation going. I am going to start um, with you, um, Dr. Toller. When we think of heart health and a healthy heart, what are we talking about? Well, heart, the heart is the, or, the body's most important organ, mm-hmm. or microscope. But it's, um, an unhealthy heart is responsible for a lot of death and disease worldwide. But heart disease is the number one killer. It takes 18 million lives each year across the world and causes a lot of disability. So it's essential to have a healthy heart in order to live um, a productive and a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. So true, so true. So without a healthy heart, it's almost you're non-existent then, if you were to put it that way. Even if you were breathing, um, your lifestyle would not be, um, what would say? Well, if, if one has heart problems, mm-hmm. then life becomes very often uncomfortable. You get tired easily, you get short of breath. Um, you may experience palpitations, swelling of the legs, chest pain. These are all disabling symptoms. So living with heart disease isn't pleasant. Although fortunately we have um, medications, we have treatment devices that can help you. But the ideal is to prevent it. Yes. Okay, you mentioned some of, and I want you to kind of just go back a step back a little bit, and you mentioned some of the symptoms that could possibly be um, symptoms of, of, of heart disease. Can you just mention, uh, mention some of them again for us so that we can be clear? Well, very often it could be just fatigue. Just not being able to do what you normally should be able to do, like climbing stairs easily, or it could be chest pain, and or um, you know, sometimes um, heart racing. Mm-hmm. In the sense of your heart beating fast or an irregular heartbeat. 
these are some of the symptoms that could be heart disease. Not always, but, you know, especially if they occur together, more than one of these symptoms, mm-hmm. then one would consider the possibility of heart disease. And one should actually see a healthcare professional and get them checked out. So any unusual or disturbing symptoms need to be evaluated. Don't wait and watch, you know. It's better to seek medical attention or at least get an evaluation early in the game. Um, speaking of evaluation, um, what is for those persons who have never, because we have quite a number of individuals who don't do any form of checkup on a regular basis. Some people have never done a checkup um, when it comes to the heart. Can you tell me what a basic evaluation, just describe for us what a basic evaluation um, is when you're doing your heart checks? Well, a cardiologist is going to ask the question along the same lines of your symptoms and will do an examination uh, to check your pulse, uh, check your blood pressure, or he or she, and um, also um, listen to your heart. Uh, you know, as, as we say in Jamaica, stone you. <laughs> but there are some other tests that are considered very essential now. One is an ECG. Right. Right. Everybody seems to know about that one. And uh, another test that's probably basic now is an echocardiogram. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sound of the heart that allows you to see the heart contracting, relaxing, look at the valve, um, look at blood flow through the various elements of the heart. It, it gives, you can actually see what the heart is doing. And it takes a lot of the guesswork away. Right. But that, but 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 that can be be, be, be rather expensive, um, Doc. Let us look back at the ECG. Does the ECG um, is one hundred percent accurate when it show when it, when it terms in terms of um, what is happening with the heart or with your heart? Not necessarily. ECG, as someone said, it squiggles on a piece of paper. It may suggest that there is an abnormality, but not necessarily. And a lot of people with cardiac abnormalities may have to turn out to have normal ECGs. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you may find the abnormalities, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a heart problem. So ECG is not a very sensitive test. It's a useful as a screen. So you have like ECG screening there, um, but it doesn't tell the whole picture. An echocardiogram tends to tell more. Okay. And there are other tests that we have to do sometimes, like stress tests, if we suspect coronary disease or blockages. blockages. And um, invasive testing is sometimes necessary, like the coronary angiogram or a, a cardiac catheterization to actually inject dye into vessels to see whether there are blockages. So those are, there's a whole number of, of, of tests that we, we as cardiologists employ in evaluating heart disease. So, question, is, it, is there like a more effective test or is there one of the tests out of everything that you've listed like the most effective or is it like a situation type of thing? Well, no ECGs and echocardiograms are considered really basic in a cardiac evaluation. A colleague of mine said that the reason for doing a cardiogram is never have to have one. So if someone comes with cardiac disease to a cardiologist, 
they're inevitably going to get an ECG and echocardiogram. Those are basic tests. There are other um, more sophisticated tests, which are a lot more expensive, but um, they they are and they we we decide on the case who needs to do that thing and what kind of tests and you know whether invasive testing or um, high level what they call imaging tests like uh, nuclear scan of the heart or nowadays we have cardiac MRI not yet available in Jamaica yeah okay um doing well so far let us look at what is let me ask this question before i move into what i want to ask next is there a particular age group or does um heart disease affect um, men more than women well as a colleague of mine said if a woman is like a man she'll die like a man so we we used to think that heart disease would inevitably affect men more than women, hmm. but not necessarily so. It depends on your risk factors. So, if a woman has a risk profile, or and risk factors actually are conditions which increase the risk for heart disease, like hypertension, diabetes, people who smoke, right, high cholesterol, or they have they have a family history of heart disease. Right, those are risk conditions which increase the risk. But if a woman has constellation of those factors, she'll have the same risk as as a man. So that's what we've you know discovered, you know, over over the years, looking at women and in, in, in investigating them. In, ter- in terms of the gender, what about the age range? Is there a specific age range, or is it across the board when it boils down to men and women? Well, we're, we're thinking more in terms of coronary disease, which leads the path in terms of heart disease and mm-hmm. heart disease-related death. So it tends to occur later, then maybe 50, 60, uh, 70s, but it depends. If you have a positive risk factor, or you have, for example, a very high cholesterol, it might occur earlier. Or if you have you're a smoker with diabetes and high cholesterol, all three, then it probably tends to occur earlier. You, maybe somebody in their thirties. Um, I've seen diabetic. I've seen a diabetic woman who had a large heart attack. She was 28. So, you know, it depends on your risk factor and how severe they are. Mm-hmm. What does, we, we hear this on a regular basis that high blood pressure, um, diabetes um, affects the heart, but what does it really do to the heart? Well, high blood pressure actually puts a strain on the heart because it, it has to pump against the higher pressure and the walls of the heart can get hit as a pump sort of compensatory mechanism and then that leads to stiffness and that stiffness sometimes leads to what we call heart failure and heart failure is not because the heart doesn't pump well but it doesn't relax well it affects the heart's ability to relax Mm -hmm. and you can tend to accumulate fluid and be short of breath as a result Mm -hmm. but it also increases the risk that that is hyperpressure or coronary heart or blockages so it works in, in two ways 
by affecting heart muscles and also affecting the blood vessels that supply the blood, the coronary vessels. So hypertension is the basis of autoimmune heart disease, we think. Mm-hmm. And it's such a common condition, it contributes to heart disease in a large group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it the same thing occurs with, um, with diabetes? Well, diabetes is now regarded as coronary heart disease equivalent. That is a heart attack waiting to happen. So if you're a diabetic, you have to do your cardiology. You ought to. And uh, the cardiologist has to have, um, you know, what they call a high index of suspicion. Because very often diabetics may not have chest pain, they may have dizziness or shortness of breath. And that's the first sign of coronary heart disease or blockages. So we're very, very attentive to our diabetic patients because we know how risky the condition is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, and heart attack is a major cause of death in diabetics. Wow. It's from heart disease or, or cardiovascular disease, heart disease and stroke. Yes. Is heart disease preventable? Doc, are you still there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are you are you hearing me? Yes, I'm yeah. hearing you. Yes, and you said that it is it is totally preventable? No, not totally, but a lot there are genetic factors, but mm-hmm. a lot of heart disease is acquired because of uh, lifestyle issues. And for that, for example, hypertension, diabetes, um, you know, obesity are to a great extent, lifestyle-related. Mm-hmm. So if we have a healthy lifestyle and we prevent the development of these conditions with increased risk, then we can save off heart disease. And that is proven to be true. Yeah, we stop smoking as well. Smoking is not not, not at all good. Yeah, it's a, a bad habit in terms of um, heart attacks and stroke risk. Mm-hmm. Um. What? But on, I should tell you that mm. other things that people don't realize is like not exercising mm-hmm. um, is equivalent to smoking, <laughs> like cigarettes a day. So people who are sedentary, right? So, so sitting is worse than smoking. So it's not enough. Um, you know, if you don't exercise, then you're probably as bad as somebody who's a light smoker in terms of your heart disease. So you have to exercise. Life depends on it. You have to be physically active. I shouldn't say exercise because exercise is structural and intentional, but you must be active. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. If you want it, to prevent that. Is there too, is, is, is there a thing as stressing the heart with too much of a rigorous exercise regime? Um, well, you, one can overtrain, but most people undertrain. They do less than is required. Mm-hmm. The requirements in terms of recommendations for exercise are a lot higher than most people think. You know, 75 minutes of vigorous exercise per week or at least 115 minutes of moderate exercise or moderate physical activity, rather, per week. And combine that with some strength training and for old people, 65, uh, balance and flexibility. Yeah, involved in it. So, 
most of us on the trail horribly. The, the key is though to start gradually and then you build it up so you don't suddenly um, you know jump into a vigorous exercise program the other thing is that a lot of people especially if you have symptoms factors you should get be evaluated by a doctor before you start a vigorous exercise program mm-hmm. or yeah but you you can move a lot of things you can do comfortably walking um, you know being generally active even active about the house active you know between other activities you you, you make sure not you're not very minimize you you stand if you can um, you know you just keep active yeah that's that's usually very good and even walking at a moderate pace is you know is good safe climbing sticks can be safe up and down at a moderate pace moderate that's pace good, that's good uh, work good physical activity Okay. Well, we're going to take a very short break, and then when we come back, we're going to be turning our attention uh, to Catherine. We have some questions for her. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be right back. Just to remind you that this talk segment, Inside Singles Live, is brought to you by Savvy Boutique. Savvy Boutique, located at 1 Fernley Avenue, May Penn Clarendon, right behind NCB. Get all the brands you love in unique clothing at affordable prices so grab them up quickly they have island-wide delivery and you can call them at 876-323-2836 we're going to take a very short break and we'll be right back cool 97 radio Singles live on the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM, reminding you that this talk segment is brought to you by Savvy Boutique. Remember, swing by 1 Fernley Avenue, May Penn, Clarendon, right behind NCB, or you can call them up at 876-323-2836. Remember, they do island-wide delivery. Remember, they have affordable women and children's clothing from all the top brands you know and love. So let's get back into the conversation with Dr. Edwin Tuller-Reed, consultant cardiologist, and Catherine Smith Tuller-Reed, and she is a heart health coach. So I want to ask Catherine this question. Catherine, are you there? I am indeed. Thank you so much again, and to be patient with us, we are now um, turning the spotlight on you. What are some of the lifestyle changes that we can make as individuals to improve our heart health and reduce our risks of uh, heart disease? Well, that's a great question, and um, the way that Edwin and I have developed our programs, we take a very holistic approach to heart health and lifestyle changes. And we have what we call seven heart health pillars. Some of them you will be really familiar with. So one of them, of course, is healthy eating. Another area of lifestyle change, which Edwin already spoke a little bit about, is physical activity, there is sleep stress management, and then we also have a number of other heart health pillars which are also important but don't tend to get as much attention. So one of them is, you know, community and connection. 
Another is life, meaning, and purpose. Then, of course, very important, um, which is coming up a lot now in this period of COVID, mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. And then there's also spirituality. So these seven areas, when we talk about lifestyle change for heart health, these are the areas that we always pay attention to because we know that you cannot neglect any of these areas in hope to have a really healthy heart. But the also the good news is that as soon as you start to make changes in any one of these areas, you're going to be doing something positive for your heart. So it's, it sounds quite overwhelming because there are seven, and sometimes you might think, oh, gosh, there's so many things that I have to change. Where do I start? But as I say, the really good news is start with one. Oftentimes, you know, the ones that we focus on more than anything will be the health eating, physical activity, sleep, and stress management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't look on the, <clears throat> sorry, the, 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 the spiritual um, aspect of things. We kind of more right now what we have been doing and what a lot of us have been doing is to focus on um, managing our stress. Right. But how does, um, I mean, I, I just want to hear this from you. How does stress affect our hearts? What does it do to the heart? You can well, think I'll of what... And I'll give you Edwin, and then I'll talk mm-hmm. about how we can manage this lifestyle. Right. <laughs> Doc, are you there? Waiting for them to come back in, Dre. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my takeaways so far is that um, Dr said that there's something that is even <clears throat> worse than smoking and that is actually sitting. You can just imagine? I didn't think it would have been that serious. You didn't think that it would have been that no, serious? No, not at all. Okay. I, I mean, I know it's not, it's not good. You know, to just sit and, 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 and be inactive. Yeah, but I didn't know it would be the equivalent to, you know, to smoking or, you know, being a light smoker. Mm-mm. Yeah. So you can't be someone who is sitting and not and being inactive and pointing a finger over there. Um, We'll have to try and get them back. I think we have lost them. Um, (laughs) Lorraine says she's not going to let anyone um, or anything stress her. Um, Sometimes... You know, we try our best, but the stressors um, still come along. Yeah. You may say, mm-hmm. boy, I'm not going to nothing stress me. Not stress me today, but, you know, we are human beings. Yes, but mm-hmm. how do we um, not allow the stressors to take us over that it affects our internal organs? And tonight we're talking about the heart. Um, Dre, I'm I going to... Before they get in it, though, um, <clears throat> I think it's... Because, you know, people are going to say manage it and all that. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is to acknowledge it first. Yes. Because, you know, you can't manage something. But you don't acknowledge and you're not aware of. So once you're aware of it, then the next step is to, you know, means, find means and ways. Of to manage. Because you can't really eliminate it completely. It's a part of um, life. Um, so um, we're going to try get back Doc on the studio line. So just give us a few minutes. Um, Dre, just bring back up that bed so that we can get Doc on the line. Mm-hmm. 
So, Doc, you're back? I'm back. Right, that's good. Okay, so the next time around, you're going to make your way to the studio. Thank you. <laughs> yes. All right, so we were talking to Catherine earlier about stress, especially stress. She looked at uh, some of uh, seven, seven pillars. Yes. Yes, and I was zeroing on stress because a lot of persons are aware that stress really and truly affects the body. Um, it doesn't only affect physically, but it also affects the body mentally. And I wanted to ask you, we wanted to ask you, what does stress really do to the heart? We can, we can think of what it does to us um, from a mental perspective, but what does it really do to our hearts? The, well, the truth is that stress actually can kill, and I've seen it over and over. Um, we do know that acute stress, stressors, so uh, natural disaster, an earthquake, there's a sudden rise in heart attacks and strokes, and that's been borne out in California, North, that Earth, the one in Japan, not too long ago, the big one, but also chronic, ongoing stress is also dangerous. It just takes as long as the manifest itself. You know, and, and not too long ago, I had a, a patient uh, who was a young woman, but she was in a high school job. And you know, a number of tests, right, implanted. We had blockages in, in three major vessels. So we do know that stress tends to increase blood pressure, Right, and uh, increase the risk of heart attacks and stroke. And chronic stress, right, ongoing stress, and we're very often not even aware of the kind of stress we're under very often. And that's dangerous. I mean, it's very often maybe work-related, maybe a domestic issue, um, you know, relationship-wise, but um, any cause of it, or even the hassle of traffic. But we have to, very important to build our stress resiliency and reduce our stressors, right? Even if leaving early for work, something as simple as that. But uh, have Katrin tell you more about how one can manage one's stress. Yes. Build one's stress resiliency. Yes. So what we like to think of the ability, everyone is talking about stress resiliency, and that refers to our ability to weather whatever life throws at us. And an important thing to remember is that none of us can avoid stress. Stress is going to happen because life happens. And invariably with life, no matter how we try to control it, things happen. The unexpected, the things that we fear, the things that we're anxious about, it's part of the good, the bad, and the indifferent mm-hmm. of how life unfolds. So, 
there are things we can do to build our, our capacity to deal with stress. And these, again, go back to our heart health pillars. So we know that there are some direct effects of, of our eating patterns. You know, what we eat, when we eat, how we eat, that is going to um, allow us to deal better with stress. For example, let's say I'm, I drink a lot of coffee because I'm not sleeping well at night because I'm stressed. So I wake up tired, I feel sluggish, I say, aha, I'm going to have a cup of coffee in the morning because that's going to get me going. Well, little did I realize that that in and of itself is having a direct effect on my heart, <laughs> but it also may interfere with the next night's sleep. And so I set up a cycle for myself where I'm not sleeping well. You know, initially it was caused by stress, and then it's perpetuated by what it is that I'm putting into my body, in this case in the form of alcohol, coffee, but it can be other other things, sugar, another big one, alcohol, another big one. Think of all the ways that we deal with stress through our food. You know, we talk about poverty things. What are we most interested to do? Not to people for a salad or some whole groups with some vegetables and a stir fry. No, it could be the foods which are rich in furs, invariably, you know, refined, refined wheat, um, all sorts of, you know, colors and flavors may taste delicious, but what they do to our body is they don't, they can aggravate the stress and they don't allow us to deal well with stress. And that's just the food, it's not just a healthy eating. We also then, of course, have, you know, physical activity. If we're very stressed, maybe our exercise program out of the window because we're too busy. And little to remember that doing something in our bodies, moving our bodies, you know, we can can release some of that energy that's pent up, but it's also we might get out into nature, we may see, you know, have sunlight. There are all sorts of um, hormonal, you know, cascade that sets up through movement and also being outside in nature. And then we've got sleep. I just spoke about that if we're stressed, you know, maybe we'll keep ourselves because we have to finish something. Or maybe we can't fall asleep because we've been working lately and now we just can't turn ourselves off. We very often have you know, clients that we work with who say that they're always on and particularly many people working from home their, their home is now their office. There are no boundaries. There's no disconnect. There can be a lot of more demands trying to balance in family life, children, parents, work, um, colleagues. And so what they have is, is a lot of confusion in space and time around work, non-work, which then is like off sleep disturbances. When we don't sleep well, happens. Invariably, we don't turn up at our bed the next day. You know, we can take things more to heart. We can get more irritated, more stressed out by things. And then, so we have, I mean, you know, the, the, if we're compounding stress with other stress, not good news. So the stress resilience is to a healthy lifestyle. You can do a lot to help yourself be equipped to manage the stress that comes up. Yeah. Um, how long for those individuals who are listening? 
uh, you know, some of us will love quick fixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move to try and do things. Um, when we hear that there is a, a what you call a problem, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how long does it take to see the results of a lifestyle change? So we think two things. One thing that any lifestyle change that is worth pursuing, start slowly, do one lifestyle change, something small at a time, and layer it, layer one change on top of the next change, on top of the next change. So don't look at your lifestyle and say, ah, I have to change my eating, I've got to change my sleeping, I've got to change my physical activity. You're going to add more stress to your life, and also, you're setting yourself up probably failure because mm-hmm. it's very difficult to try and keep your eyes on so many things at the same time. If you have many balls in the air, unless you are an incredibly good juggler, it very one drops the next, and then all of them drop to the ground. So it is important to focus on the one change that for you is most important. And this is where we come to another concept, which is very important. And that's understanding that where you are is where you are and you know. Meaning that what you need to focus on for your optimum health, maybe it is making a change to something as simple as drinking enough water. Maybe for the next person, it's reducing their coffee intake. Maybe for the next person, it's starting to move. Maybe for the next person, it's stopping work earlier so that they can see better. So we all start at different places. And all bodies are in a different state of health. You know, Edwin spoke earlier about the different risk factors. And, you know, what you have going on in your body may be different from what I have from the next person. And so that also is an important consideration because we, we cannot start where we are in this health that we're in. And therefore, also, our goals are going to be different. So, it's very, you know, not very satisfying to hear the, it all depends on things. But generally, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves if we think we have to change everything. And also, if we try to change too much too fast. Mm-hmm. The body sometimes doesn't like that. And, and you know, as I say, you can add more stress to an already stressed body and mind and emotion. If you try to do everything at the same time. At the same time, yeah. Um, A question that I have um, for Doc. Um, Is he there? Yes, I'm here. Yes. Um, Let us look at um, if someone has already had a heart attack, um, do these lifestyle measures still help? Yes, definitely we do, right? But lifestyle measures are always the foundation of any um, kind of therapeutic program. But um, Bill Clinton is a case in point. He had bypass surgery and then he went to Dean Ornick and went on a special diet. He lost weight and his cholesterol came down. And um, another factor we think clearly about now is inflammation something we call residual inflammatory risk. So after a heart attack or a coronary event, the reducing cholesterol is one part of what needs to be done, but the other is to reduce inflammation. 
and diet and lifestyle is very important in terms of reducing inflammation in the blood vessels and therefore the risk for another heart attack or another stroke. So this is what we call secondary prevention. After an event, we can prevent one. So it's important to realize that at, at every stage of life or every stage in the disease process that um, or in that, that um, lifestyle measures are valuable. Ideally, though, we start lifestyle measures early and we prevent a catastrophe. And that, that's always the idea. Yeah. Okay, before I uh, throw another question at Catherine, um, Doc, does COVID-19 affect the heart based on your knowledge of the virus so far? Well, yes, it can. It, um, it can affect heart muscle and it can also uh, lead to a heart attack. Yeah, so it can. So that's the potential risk of uh, severe COVID infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if people are already right, um, you know, they have high cholesterol and you know, these risk factor conditions, then, or diabetes, or they're obese, then the risk is greater, right? Because it's sort of risk on top of risk. Yeah. Okay. Um, Catherine? Yep. I'm here. Um, so how do we now go about making heart healthy, that's the operative word, heart healthy lifestyle changes when we already have some not so good habits? And we, what we want to do is to uh, start to adapt some healthy ones. What, how, how do we do this? Okay, that's another great question. I, we say, especially take stock of where you are today. Very often we're in such a rush to change that we don't fully take, like a 360 degree view of what is happening in our life as of today, which is our starting point. And then the next one would be to try and prioritize the areas that you should focus on first. On this Sometimes difficult because as I say, there are so many things that we could change, most of us about our life, um, we just want to start with. And so this is one of the reasons that Edwin and I advocate. If you can join a program which is specific around heart health and heart health lifestyle, because that will give you not only the what to change, but also the how to change. And having that that, you know, that, that clarity for yourself, I think, is a very important piece. Something that we work with very much in our program is on goal setting. So you know where you are, and now you think about where you want to go. And pick a goal which is, you know, a stretch, but which is also doable. Don't, again, set yourself up for failure, because that's going to be very demotivating. So, for example, let's say that I don't do a lot of physical activity and I know that that is something that I should be doing. Maybe my PP has a system, maybe I've gone to see a cardiologist, the cardiologist said you have to do some physical activity. So, if I do nothing today, 
then what I could do is I could say, well, I'm going to do one wound once a week, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And to help me, I'm going to enlist um, my sister, my best friend, a work colleague, or if I find someone to work with me or I don't want to, then I'm, I'm going to tell someone this is what my goal is because mm-hmm. that's another great way of staying accountable. Mm-hmm. If we have all those in our heads, it's very easy that they slip. We know it's bad weather, or a deadline has come up, a child is ill, hasn't to the bed, and so the window goes the wall. So goal setting, you know, being accountable to someone outside of yourself is very important. Having a simple goal but a stretch goal, and then measure yourself, measure that progress, and look at where it's not working. Why isn't it working? It might be, you know, I like walking, in which for me that learning I would translate that into well. What do I like to do? I know I have to physically ask I know. I love to dance. So, I'll put on the radio. You know, I'll listen to, uh, you know, do some fantastic music. And I'll dance for half an hour in my bedroom, in my office. Um, and be a better way for me to get, um, you know, to get into my life. So, yeah, to know yourself or get yourself and then be true to yourself and, and be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned an accountability partner. So mm-hmm. that throws me into the next question that I have for you. Um, does someone need a heart health program or can we do it on our own? Or we need to consult someone like you, Catherine? So what we say is that information is absolutely available and out there online. You can put a search into Google, you can pick up, you know, hundreds of, you know, research papers, you can go into YouTube and you've got a volume of experts and, you know, big communities, small communities. So the information is there. So from that, we say that this is not rocket science. Anyone can learn and anyone can build their knowledge in order to know what to do. But the difficulty is knowing the quality of the information that is there. So, and also, you know, there's so much information there that again, it can be quite overwhelming and great to start. This is one of the, the foundation reasons why Edwin and I have created the program that we have and the membership for Hard Health because we see, we've seen from working with clients that it's difficult for the busy professional who's already distressed, who's concerned about their heart to now add yet something else to their overburdened skills and start learning this all by themselves and trying to do all the changes themselves. So we find that if you have access to a program, whether it's ours, whether it's working with a health coach, whether it's another type of program, what can really be beneficial is that someone who is in a way facing all the information brings you your priorities for what you need to focus on. The advantage of the program is that you can build, you're, you're working alongside others 
who have the same commitment to their houses. And what we certainly experience in our membership is that people learn from each other. They share tips, they share recipes, they share where to find things, where to buy things. Um, they each other, they cheer each other on. And that only is a wonderful, wonderful thing to have when you're trying to make changes in your own life. Mm-hmm. I have a question because we're gearing up to wrap things up um, in the talk segment and uh, one of our listeners sent in a question uh, for Dr. Toller-Reed and the question is, um, is it a must or is it recommended that I do a heart check after recovering from COVID? Um, It's not absolutely essential. But as I said, if you have unusual symptoms that are persistent, um, people talk about long COVID, feeling unusually tired, or you're a sort of, it might be worthwhile getting a heart health evaluation. Particularly if you have some of those conditions that I mentioned that increase your risk for um, heart disease or heart attack, and also for severe COVID, like if you're obese or you're hypertensive or you're diabetic, we call them comorbidities. These comorbidities increase the risk for severe COVID, also increase the risk for coronary events. And we found that in the U.S., a lot of the deaths attributed to COVID was actually COVID tipping people over the edge. They already had um, the setup, the ability for, for, you know, for, you know, heart, bad heart also. So if you're concerned, you should probably, it's easy to do an ECG, easy to connect a cardiogram done. These are not overwhelmingly tests, and they can give you a lot of information on the function of the heart. There are also blood tests you can do that can determine whether you have what they call a myocarditis or inflammation of the heart as a result of COVID. There are very sensitive blood tests using things you call biomarkers, and these are available in Jamaica, right? And um, it's helpful to know because if you can introduce um, therapy, appropriate therapy, and even appropriate preventive therapy, whether it's lifestyle or medication uh, related, but it's, you know, knowing half the battle, they say. And it, you want to, to miss the opportunity to intervene when intervention can be helpful earlier, better. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else that you want us to know about our heart health before we wrap things up? Well, um, you know, I, we spoke about our program in terms of um, it's possible to restore things. The body has to heal itself. So when people make appropriate lifestyle changes, a lot of, a lot of these can actually be reversed. And, um, you know, we talk about reset, restore, rejuvenate. In our uh, word we use is the panapero, it's weak, and that is all possible. And people think, oh, I've gone too far, nothing's done, it's, there's nothing farther from the truth. Um, and we know that a lot of heart disease is lifestyle related and therefore preventable, right? And, you know, individuals need to recognize this and that make their health a priority and their most important investment. Thank you so much. Catherine, is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap? Um, yes, yeah, just building on Edwin's last point, that it's easier to keep health when we're healthy than it is 
still make changes when we start to lose it. So for everyone who's listening, my main message is look after your body and your body is not just you know the physical, but it's also the mental, it's also your um, emotional, your spiritual. Really care for yourself because it is your greatest investment. You know, we talk about your health and your wealth. It's not only financial, but it's your relationships. It's being able, you know, to be there for children and grandchildren. So really make it a priority for yourself to look after your heart health and so much else in life falls in place naturally. Yeah. For those persons who um, who are interested and want to find you on your social media or your web page, where can they go? Well, we have uh, it's uh, we have a very easy website to find. It's called HeartWellness.com, and you just put that in your uh, your search engine, and we'll we'll you'll pick us up, right? Mm-hmm. But um, we're contactable. You really give your contact information as well if you're interested in getting a program to really optimize your heart and um, you know improve your health and well-being generally yeah okay I thank you both so so much and uh, irrespective of the little glitches here and there we got some valid information Dre is sitting over there and he says boy he didn't know that uh, sitting <laughs> and smoking <laughs> is equivalent yes yes so he won't be pointing any finger at anyone who no no point any fingers yes uh, so the next time doc and Catherine, we're hoping that you will join us in the studio. Please. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Yes, so take time, take some time out and, and, and join us in the studio so that we can have the discussion transmitted clearly without any little pauses and so forth and so on in between, okay? Delighted. Yes. I will do a standing in so we will by the non Yes. I thank you so, so much. And both of you get some rest. I know that you have your busy schedule ahead. Um, so take care. Thank you. It was nice being with you. All right. Yes, thank you for coming too. Let's talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. So there you have it. Some tidbits. Uh, for you in regards to your heart health remember we want you to keep moving it use it use it use up your body yeah keep moving seems like all we need to do is move <laughs> no, remember the seven pillars. So it's not just about moving. So you're going to do your eat, eat properly. Yes. You get in your physical activity. Absolutely. You're going to make sure that you manage your stress because you cannot completely eliminate stress. Stresses are a part of life, right? And then you're going to fo- look on your your mental health, and you're also going to throw in some uh, spirituality in there. And then what you're going to do is you're going to find a sense. You're here, this is this coming here. I think we're third world, you know. You're going to throw in a sense of purpose. Yes. 
Yes, you're going to throw in a sense of purpose. Yes, and you're going to do something good for you and for others. See, I'm throwing in some something like, you know, be kind, be grateful, good for the yeah. heart, you know. Dre, true, you have true. some people who them say, boy, I'm eating this and I'm eating that. And, oh, I had the green over there today and the yellow over there today. I mean, not eat none of the pork and I go eat and the pig's tail has got to go. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to go. What they say? What they, what they say? Vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and they had no tea. <laughs> <laughs> no kind to people yeah. and they must stress yeah. so what we're saying is that you have to have a, a, a you look at it from a holistic um point and 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 as Catherine says it's not trying to do everything all at once but little things it's almost like um building you're building on what you have oh, just start yeah. just start with something any little thing uh, tense, like you know, Dre, every day you exercise, you just start it. I said to you, say, start though, 10 minutes. Or better yet, you can say, boy, today I have two flights of stairs. I'm not going to take the elevator. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're going to do some walking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Little bit, just a little. You ever hear the sentence? A little goes a long, little way. Goes a long way. Yeah, yeah a little goes a long way. Yeah, All right. So. You know, a little bit less rum. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Try a little bit of red wine instead of the rum, Dre. <laughs> 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 I mean, in the meantime, <laughs> clean up the dirty thinking. <laughs> clean up, yeah. Clean up the the the, the dirty the thinking, dirty uh, the dirty thoughts, yeah. right? Yeah. And the bad man business. You know, made no sense. Yeah, it would. I you know, I have nothing mind. I'm not thought. I those are dirty actions. All right. Let me behave myself, reminding you that this talk segment was brought to you by Savvy Boutique. Ladies, hit them up for your unique and affordable women and children clothing from all the top brands. Visit them at 1 Fernley Avenue, May Penn Clarendon, right behind NCB, or call 876-323-2836. Savvy Boutique for the trendy work professionals that work and play and remember they do island wide delivery check them out on their instagram page at one savvy boutique cool 97 radio